podcast in the world from WWE to DNA Impact by way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up with legendary referee Brian Hepner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in this. Is revving it up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by two of the great referees of all time. First and foremost, current senior official in Impact wrestling and ohio valley wrestling mr daniel spencer and the man that we've all here to see it's too cold to flex thank god but i'm sure he'll still do it mr brian hemner daniel what's up man what's going on how's it going you know i I figure we're getting in those winter months i i'm sure he'll figure out a way to do it he'll probably come on here with one of those spaghetti strap uh muscle shirts and then uh I'll hit him, yeah, I'll hit him with my barbed wire bat right here. That's what I'll do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, guys, before uh, we get going, I have to tell a quick story. Um, it, it's it's a nightmare. Um, so <laughs> last Thursday, I went to the Commander game where we got our fucking asses handed to us. Oh, so that's not the nightmare? You're going to the Commander game? <laughs> oh, well, that's part of it. Yeah, sure. Dan. <laughs> you dipshit. Um, <laughs> But yes, uh, so I go to the game and uh, we start getting our ass whooped and uh, I decide to take it upon myself to buy the boys around. Oh, and that's where the disaster happened. So I um, apparently sat my phone down on the bars. I loaded up all these beers to buy and vodka and orange juices and all this stuff. Loaded it all up and was so focused on the alcohol and getting it all to the boys, left my phone on the bar. So I lost my phone at the commander blowout game in the first quarter and then to boot to boot we all left the game the uber line was from here to fucking where rj lives and uh we were we were not going to get home at a decent time and i'm not good at that daniel can attest to that i am not good at waiting like that so of course i stole an uber from someone um and paid him $200 cash. And we were all sitting down and one of my friends grabbed my bag. I have a, I have a man sack, a man satchel that I carry with me. He had it. He picked it up. He brought it to the Uber. We get in the car. We go back. We're out. We're, we're happy as a lark. It's only like 12, 10 and, you know, drinking it up, celebrating it up. And I look at my friend about 10 minutes later and go, hey, dude, where's my bag? And he goes, oh, shit. And I went, don't even fuck with me right now. He says, I don't have it, Brian. I must have left it in the floorboard of the Uber. Now, keep in mind, we don't have any Uber information because of the fact that we didn't go through Uber. I paid him cash. So I have no license plate, no car description, and no name. Well, I'm fucked. So, yeah, good trip for me. Happy birthday. Then I come home, and I got to do $1,700 worth of plumbing as, as, as I speak. That happens tomorrow. So, anyway, let's move on with the show because I'm in a great fucking mood. That was your reference review. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Man, what yeah. a what a 
All right. Well, hopefully we're gonna put you in a better mood talking about um wrestling and having our guests on later today. So well then we better hurry up. Yeah, okay. right. Okay. And so why don't with that being said, why don't we set it up to our first count? This is your one count. As we are recording uh the Tuesday Night Wars, as they're calling it now, uh, is happening between NXT and AEW. But if you're listening to this, after the fact, you've already seen it. So it, pay no attention to it, I guess. But uh, guys, it's happened again. I don't know if it's because of playoffs for baseball that that uh, AEW moved to Tuesday, but they're going with Tuesday against NXT. Brian, this is something that you've seen full go in back in the day with WCW and WWE firsthand between your dad and your uncle being there. And then obviously you later on um, in the company, but what what do you make of this? You think it's just a matter of coincidence or, or not? Nope. Um, I believe that if anyone believes that WWE doesn't give two shits about what AEW does, they're full of shit. They loaded that fucking card for tonight. They put all their big top guns. John Cena is going to show up on NXT tonight. Okay. Enough said. They want to win this thing tonight, which will be next week for you guys listening or tomorrow. Uh, We'll figure out the ratings and all that stuff, which we'll touch on, I guess, next week. But, oh, WWE certainly cares. And I think that AEW cares equally. Um, They loaded their show up as well. So, this war is 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 alive and well. Trust me, it is. And if anyone ever doubted, which was never me, that they're the, the, the WWE I'm speaking of is not worried about AEW. This just proves everything that I've always known. And and when this night of wrestling switches, possibly for WWE, that RJ, you actually touched on, I would not be surprised if Monday Night Raw, maybe name something else, is on every Wednesday. We'll see. Yeah, because we talked about that uh, when I believe they made the announcement of SmackDown moving to USA next year. Um, Hey, why don't we move something to Wednesday, move off of Monday? Because, you know, Daniel, we get a lot of the competition on Mondays and Sundays as far as football goes this time of the year uh, for the NFL. So sometimes, a lot of the times, I should say, those numbers get kind of skewed a little bit because they're going towards Monday night football or Sunday night or whatever. What what, what do you think about that? If that is what Brian said, as far as that moving that stuff around. I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, you know, for sure. I mean, it's one of those things where could this be a testing for AW to see if another night works for them? Could it be a testing also for, WB to see, hey, well, it's Tuesday night going to be better. It's Tuesday night better for us to move our main one of our main shit programs. You know, I mean, the SmackDown at one time was on Tuesday night uh, when they when they first went live, right? And uh, it was Monday night Raw, Tuesday night SmackDown. Uh, could it be something they're doing uh, like that again? Um, you know, I, I don't, not sure um, on that, um, but uh, but I do think it's like Brian said. I mean, it's the fact that they're they're loading the gun. Uh, big time, put getting their bazookas out, whatever NXT for, or WWE's doing for the NXT show. 
it they're they know what they're up against they know they're 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 paying attention to what's happening i mean they they know what's going on and um They're, they're they're going on their night and they're bringing out the big guns. You know they knew they were gonna they were AW knew they were gonna gonna compete against NXT at the, from the very beginning. They knew they were uh, when they switched when they had to, when they were told they had to run a Tuesday night. WWE just didn't know it until when they found out they they made they made adjustments. So um, it's interesting. I wouldn't mind. I, look, I I like I like the I like the war. I think it's cool to have you know going against each other. I like it. it reminds me of nineteen ninety seven all over again. Um, do I think could I keep it that way? Maybe not. Maybe could they do it seasonally? Maybe. Um, uh, you know, I like I do like every every wrestling show having its own night. You know, Monday Monday night being Raw, Tuesday night being NXT, Wednesday night being AEW, Thursday night being um, being uh, Impact, and Friday night being being WWE with SmackDown, and then Saturday night being AEW again. And then you know, I kind of I kind of I'm kind of okay with that. Um, you know that, uh, but. You know, I'm also okay with the with the having one having two shows go go head to head and see what they're really made of. It's it's fun. It's good competition. Doesn't hurt anybody. It just helps everybody. So, yeah, and a lot of this don't, competition don't that, there's shows on AW. No, 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 you're good. Oh, there you're is. Good. What I was saying is, oh, on Friday night there's there's uh, AW. It's called Collision. Exactly. There is. There is. There's two nights that we have two programs on. So yeah, but nobody knows about it. Oh, but yeah, but Rampage airs after. It doesn't go head to head. It airs after SmackDown. So yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes they have went head to head for pay per view. I mean, WWE, AEW and WWE is went head to head more than just the Wednesday Night Wars. They do it on pay per views. I mean, like they did it Saturday Night Collision against Fastlane, right? So, um, mm-hmm. it, it's happened. They did it back with SummerSlam, and they did it. You know, they they've done this before, uh, going um, head to head, um. A couple times, and I think they did it with an NXT pay per view against. Uh, uh, was it against? Uh, did did the NXT pay per view air the same time as All In or something something like that? I don't. There was something that aired during the day during one of their shows or whatever. But so it's not it's not the first time they've done that. It it's uh so it's it's again competition is good. It doesn't it doesn't hurt anyone. It actually helps both products and helps in the long run. You know, um, it's as similar as to get two gas stations across the street from each other, bringing down the grace pass, grace gas prices down pennies by pennies to compete with, you know, to bring the the, the, the drivers over on each side. It just it's it's always going to happen. and It's going to drive business up. One thing before we move yeah. on, one thing before we move on, RJ. Yeah. Let's place bets. Who wins this war this week? Who wins it? WB, AEW. Who wins it? Let's go. Picks. WB. WWE, it's gonna be a bloodbath. It's not even, it's not gonna even be close. Only, only because it's it's WWE's already scheduled program night. AW's yeah. moving over there, so like you'll have you'll have some of those people that will follow. But to be, and then you're gonna because of all the advertisements they've done of bringing in the names of people that don't normally watch NXT is not gonna watch it because of who's gonna be on the show. So it just adds to that. So WWE's gonna win uh, tonight. Yeah. I think they, I just think they wanted to make sure they won big time. Bloodbath, as you said, RJ. Bloodbath. Blood, blood, blood. Well, but the thing is, you, you start off the show with Cody Rhodes. You're ending the show with Paul Heyman and John Cena. It, you know, you, you can't you can't mess that up, especially with these guys. They're absolutely phenomenal in what they do. Obviously, they've been, you know, topics of this show. So, um, obviously, if you're unreffing it up, you got to be over. Well, unless you're in ref review, then you're, you're screwed. So, um, <laughs> but one thing I wanted to touch on before we bring our guest in, uh, in a little bit, 
um, is the rumor around WWE, I guess you could say, is that they're in talks with CM Punk about bringing him in. I've heard stuff as far as, hey, it could be as early as next month at Survivor Series uh, in Chicago. Um, I don't know. I, I I get that where it's the best for business, but Brian, would you, everybody knows your thoughts on CM Punk, uh, in ring, out of ring, what have you. You got the pencil as a wise man once said. What would you do in this aspect? I mean, are you trying to piss me off again, RJ? Um, but yes. If, great. Um, that's easy to do. But um, if you're going to make money and you see it, you're going to do it. I mean, that's the way it goes. You know, if WWE potentially sees that there's going to be a cash stock flow of money that there's there to be made. They're going to do it no matter what kind of jerk he is, no matter what kind of mid-card wrestler he is. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. The guy causes controversy, and that would draw a lot of eyeballs. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, you know, hopefully this guy can change, man, or and, and be a leader of some sort or, or just be a fucking adult. Maybe that's the word. Just be a fucking adult, uh, you know. But, I, you know, it's probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen because they're going to capitalize on all this shit that AEW couldn't do and prove to them, just like with, with Cargill, Cargill, uh, you know, the, how they made a mistake with her. They're going to prove that, you know, also made one with uh, Punk, you know. So, yes, it's going to happen. It will. It will. And what do you think? You think they're uh, – is, is that the ultimate landing spot for, uh, for CM Punk? I mean – I think, look, regardless of how you feel about Punk, regardless of how you think about his in-ring work or anything, he's a draw. And um, WB doesn't need draws. Their name itself brings that in now. We can prove that. I mean, just just by them alone announcing WrestleMania will sell out, right, before they announce the first match. That's how good – um, that's how well they do. And they do that in pretty much almost any town. They almost they sell majority of their tickets before they even announce who's going to be there in matches. But sometimes they even announce who's going to be people are going to be there. Then it's not even them. It's going to be somebody else, and people are still happy. So um, that's that's the the machine. Um, so, but wherever he goes, whether it's I mean, there's only one other place besides WWE that would that he could go that would you know, and that's Impact um, and. You know, he he could go. He would he would do well there too. Like he it, it, and he would draw fans like crazy to impact if he gave the impact. But I think the if WWE wants to kind of like, you know, look, Ultimate Warrior went back. We never thought he would go back, right? Um, you know, it's it, it's so many people has went back to WWE and, and did business. Brock Lesnar went back. Sable she sued the company. And went back, you know, like it's, 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 it, it happens. So uh, business is business. And I think Triple H has learned from Vince that if people can make money, you do it. So, I mean, I don't, I, it wouldn't shock me if he shows up at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or wherever, but uh, it also wouldn't shock me if he doesn't, you know, like it, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's interesting. It's a good buzz around it. it they're, they're smart on, making those like through that one comment was made that one pay-per-view or one uh, promo was done and people thought it was a CM Punk reference. 
when it really wasn't, but now they're making them on purpose. Smart business. Make them on purpose. People are going to look for them anyways. You might as well give it to them, right? So, yeah. Hey, I'll say this last thing right here, and then we can move on uh, because we, we, we're we getting close to where our guest that I'm so excited about, cash flow, um, is coming. But anyway, um, I'll bet anything that you want to bet that he goes back. Anything. He demands too much money. They're the only ones that can pay it. And they think there's money to be made there. There is. Anybody want to argue that? Mm-hmm. There's there's money to be made. They'll be make they'll make money with him. 100 percent Yeah. Yeah. It's a done deal. It's just a matter of time. Unless he fucks up the negotiations, you know what I mean? Before that. But otherwise, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And they're gonna do it right. They will. It's a matter of how much of an adult he can fucking be. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. no, I get that. I I get that, and I think it's just gonna be a matter of okay. You, I, we're, I think we're gonna start seeing maybe some one-upmanship. I guess you could say between WWE and AEW. Saw, I'll, I'll get touch on this until our guest comes in. But you know, we saw the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. This is obviously after the fact. Obviously, we didn't record. We haven't talked about it since it happened. Um in the pit, but my thing is though, and I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys in a minute is I, I was talking to somebody today. I said, if you bring 10 people in front of me and ask them who Adam Copeland is, 80% won't know who that is. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem they're going to run into unless they have some sort of marketing plan to, to do it. I think they're using the rated R superstar thing yeah. to kind of, kind of establish who he actually is. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not going to disagree with you at all. I can't. I mean, I can't. Sure. But, but boy, I will say this, and then I'll let Daniel speak here on this. I, I, I'm actually excited for AW. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful for them. And I think he can be a lot for a lot of people, whether it be in the back, whether it can be in the locker room, uh, helping with finishes, all these kinds of things. I, I actually think that it could be really, really good for AW. And I think that if they do it right, dude, that's a hell of an exchange, a hell of an exchange, a hell of a pickup, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Daniel. No, yeah, for sure. Um, that Adam Copeland pickup is, is, is amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a smart, I mean, it's good, but you know, he went out, he went out on good terms with WB. They're all happy for him. Um, you know, he's get to, he gets to work with his buddy again. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a smart, it's a smart move for AEW, And I think he's going to be the one to kind of be the replacement of the, the guy who left, right. The guy who, who was supposed to kind of run ship on the other show. And now they have another top name. That's probably one of the, in my opinion, he's in my top five of, if not, higher one of the greatest of all time I and mean, i love I, he's he's amazing on the mic uh in the ring and he can bring to them um a level of of uh that they haven't really i mean they get yeah, jericho so yes they have someone like him so it's another he's another jericho you know he's another christian cage he's another uh, brian danielson but it just that he's he's done it to the, he's he's main event at wrestlemania it's with the undertaker they don't have nobody else that's main event at wrestlemania well, they have one other person's made of it at WrestleMania, but none of them, no one else has made of it at WrestleMania. The Undertaker that's there, but him. So mm-hmm. there you go. You know, that's that's smart move at AEW for sure. Last last thing, last thing, and then and I know we're gonna get close to our guests coming in, but uh, 
the main thing that I care about, man, because, you know, this is certainly one of the most important things is that, you know what? He's one of the boys. And guess what? He's fucking happy, man. He's happy. He's working with his best friend. They're going to have a hell of a program. He's got guys he wants to work with. And the guy's not in the fucking machine. You know what I'm saying? He's not in the fucking machine. He's going to have his freedom. He's going to have his say-so. And it, I guarantee you this is going to be the best time of his life. I don't know what he signed, whether a three or a five. It ain't my fucking business. All I know is this. The guy's happy, man. I, I, I know Adam. I know him really well. And guess what? I know for a fact he's where he wants to probably finish his career and, 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 and do it with his best friend. You know what I mean? So happy as shit for that. Right. All right, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a short break here and give a shout out to our friends over at Manscaped, and we will be right back with our second count with our guest from OVW, Mr. Cash Flow. Manscaped, Manscaped. Hey, fellas, can you smell that pumpkin spice in the air? If you haven't heard, it's fresh face fall, and nobody else can give your face the love it needs other than our friends over at Manscaped. The folks who change below your belt are here to help with their brand new Handyman Electric Face Razor, designed to give your face that smooth finish without the mess of a wet shave, and it's the perfect tool for men with all beard lengths. Whether you're lining up your neckline or taking it all off to feel that autumn breeze, make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their exclusive offer. Head over to Manscaped right now and use the promo code REFIN, that's R-E-F-I-N, for 20% off and free shipping. Don't be a bad apple this year. Choose Manscaped. Guys, I have a wonderful beard, and without Manscaped, it won't get as tight as it is, and it won't look as good as it does. And honestly, guys, it feels great in the shower because I use all their great lotions and all their great conditioners to make sure that it looks and feels phenomenal your face is the first thing people see when they walk through the door give them something to look at that's phenomenal with the manscape handyman for me to be able to shave up to three days growth without a mess of a wet shave is priceless whether it's wet or dry use feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere the compact design and airplane friendliness make this the perfect travel tool for on the go travel for my fellas with a little bit more scruff manscapes beard hedge trimmer kit has everything you need to tame your mane featuring their signature beard header this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all in one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons that's right face grooming doesn't need to be hard get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard the beard hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with the long lasting battery and universal charging and strong motor head over to manscape.com right now to get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the promo code refin that's r-e-f-i-n head over to manscape.com 20 percent off and free shipping using your promo code refin that's r-e-f-i-n hit the refresh button with the handyman this is your two count all right, we're back here and riffing it up with the second count, and we've got OVW superstar and former OVW heavyweight champion and the owner of the Chop Shop, the one and only Cash Flow. Cash, welcome to the show, man. 
Thanks, Daniel. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? How you doing, Cashflow? Nice to meet you. Fine. And hey, listen, I've had some people on here that I've been very excited about as a list that you could probably imagine of guests, but I'm not going to lie to you. I've never met you before, um, but I feel like I know a lot about you because of this Netflix series. And I'm super stoked, man. You're like a superstar to me at this point. I've never fucking met you. So welcome to the show. Thank <laughs> you being on. Hey, I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that probably know a lot more about me than they probably wish they know, thanks to that Netflix show. But, <laughs> it, you know, it is what it is. We we put it out there. That's what we signed up for, right? Absolutely. Cash, Cash did like to make an ass of himself on the show, that's for sure. Hey, come on. <laughs> Enough of the ass jokes. It's an aesthetic business, okay? It is what it is. I agree. I agree with you, Cash. I agree with you. Daniel, you stop it, you muddle. Mm. <laughs> ain't nothing but wrong the, with but showing the, your ass a little bit. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, though, it was, it was tan, so you're over, right? I'm over. Hey, tan fat is good fat. I'll go with it. <laughs> As Arn Anderson used to tell me when we'd hang out at the pool, he would say, tan fat's way better than white fat. And he would always have that tan. He'd be the, like the tannest guy at the fucking pool, and he'd have the biggest belly and all the beers in his hand. <laughs> Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. One of the greatest to ever do it, too. I'll leave it at that. Amen. You, you know, in the uh, in the research that I did uh, for you for the show, Cash, is uh, something that they didn't really sort of show on the mini on the series, but you got your start in uh, IWA Mid-South there, and that was predominantly known as the, how can I put, the hardcore, I guess you say, aspect of professional wrestling. A lot of the death matches happened there. Um, how did uh, how did you go from that aspect to, okay, let's go OVW, you know, the wrestling end of it? Well, <clears throat> I will say this, RJ. Um IWA Mid-South, uh, I guess later on, was known to be hardcore predominantly. But when mm -hmm. I was there, they had, you know, they would do some hardcore matches later on in the card. But in all honesty, three-quarters of the card was, uh, well, it, it was wrestling. You know, you had guys like American Kickboxer, Tarek the Great, Tyron from Cincinnati, uh, Reckless Youth was there a lot, you know. Um, you know, a lot of those guys, they didn't necessarily do the hardcore. It was, you know, it was about three quarters of regular wrestling. And then, you know, it was built, hardcore was built as the attraction, which was on top of the card. So, you know, I broke in. Yeah. You know, we did a lot of gimmicks and a lot of death matches because that's what they really did with the young guys. They wanted to kick their ass and they wanted you to break in the business the way I guess that they broke in the business. I don't know. All I know is I bled a lot and got my ass kicked a lot. And a lot of times I got tied up in knots and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I credit where I was to where I'm at now. And, <laughs> you know, that that's the, that's the life, right? Yeah, no doubt, man. No, no doubt, Cash. Um, I mean, how, how I got from there, it, it how I got from there to here, I, I honestly, I don't know, man. Wrestling, wrestling's really fucked up if you really think about it. You know, you really don't know where you're going from day to day. You just try to keep pushing and, 
you try to be better than you were the day before. And, you know, at some point, you know, death matches, this wasn't really tickling my fancy. You know, I, I wanted the art of wrestling. I wanted to, I wanted to reach out and, and encompass all aspects of wrestling. I do have some good stories about that. You know, speaking of me being in OVW, you know, IWA Mid-South was the place where I met uh, Kenny Bolin, Dean Hill, and Danny Davis. I actually met those guys at an IWA Mid-South at an Eddie Gilbert Memorial show uh, back in the late 90s. And, uh, you know, it's funny, me ending up in OVW and, you know, just happened to meet those guys there. It's kind of a weird play, uh, if, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so with, with all that being said, you, you, what really mind boggles someone like me, and, I, and it's, it's a normal thing. We have guests on here every single week, um, and they tell about, you know, the, the things they had to go through, the things they had to do to endure you know, to be a wrestler, you know what I mean? And I find it, I I just find it so amazing the things that they do to do this fucked up sport. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, just amazing to me. And I, I, I want you to touch on something. I want you to say and tell and talk about some of the things you've had to go through to get where you were or are now and and some of the smaller places that you've been and played in front of and attendance numbers and things like that, because I think it, you know, for an average fan that doesn't understand the things that you had to go through. So can you kind of touch on that? Can you kind of touch on how it grew for you? Well, <clears throat> you know, where I come in at, at the time that I came in, it had actually, it was, it was pretty big. Um, you know, we were in a, a small little side shoot off of a, a bingo hall in Louisville. And, you know, we were selling six, 700 tickets in a place that probably only held about 200 people. And they were ravenous. They wanted to see blood. They were selling beer. So it was really crazy. And, you know, that was before in Kentucky where they really pushed uh, the licensing and, and, you know, the no blood rule and stuff that they really hammer home these days, you know, I, I would venture to say we're probably the cause of, of, of the athletic commission in the state of Kentucky. But after that initial, uh, you know, shotgun that we did with, you know, hardcore wrestling and deathmatch wrestling and stuff, the houses started going way down. You know, there were times where, cause he, the dude tried to run a a weekly show and he did successfully for a while. But after that, you know, we were drawing, there were times where we would go in bar and barns with dirt floors in front of 10 to 12 people. And I would end up having to drive five hours one way to get there for uh, about $15 and then come back all dirty, no showers, smelling like horse shit because we were in a barn full of horses in the next stall. I mean, and this is the things that I did to try and save face with the promoter because I wanted the promoter to push me on the next show. I wanted to be on the next one because I swore each and every time we only drew 10 or 20 people, Brian, I swore next week we were going to draw more because of what we did the previous week. And it just, it kept going and kept going. You know, 
finally, you know, I got it in my head, you know, I, maybe it was Tracy Smothers, maybe it was bullpain, but they finally got it into my head that I needed to, to kind of venture out and, and not spend so much time at this one place, you know, start getting my feet wet and, and meeting other people in other promotions. And, you know, and it, it's funny that it, it all swings around and it, it comes back home. And here I am back here at OVW teaching wrestling school at OVW. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the things is you, uh, you talked about your first interaction with OVW and, and um, you know, or back then, but we actually, you're um you brought the OVW side. You actually in in 2010 did your first debut there. Uh, not not the OVW you're at now, but th- at that time then you you kind of came out with Two Tough Tony and Madman Pondo, and you kicked off the JCW invasion. Um, now it, it, what was that like? Because at that time that was the if I'm not mistaken in 2010 wasn't didn't was WWE was already gone, but was was that when TNA was actually developmental at the time there or coming there around that same time? Uh, I think it was talked about, Daniel, but I don't think TNA had gotten there. I don't think that they had gotten there yet, honestly. A guy named Ray was running uh, running the back. Of course, Dean Hill was helping. There were a couple of other guys that I really didn't know. Um, yeah, Tony and, and, and Pondo had, had approached me and said, hey, you know, the clowns are thinking about doing this thing with OVW and we're thinking about doing an invasion angle. Well, Pondo knew Ray, the guy that was booking. He used to be a former ref for OVW. I can't remember his last name for the life of me. Hell, I can't remember shit sometimes. But uh, he had, they asked me if I wanted to come in and, and jump the rail on them and, you know, do this, do this angle. And, well, you know, I did it. And, of course, I was the last one standing because, honestly, I think uh, – I think – Tony, you know, I think he something happened. He ended up losing his license in the state of Kentucky. And Ponder was like, man, I'm just tired of this. And so I was the last man standing. I ended up, I think, working another year before I just said, okay, it's time for me to go my separate way. I did a, I did a program with, well, you guys probably know who it is. His, his name's Brad Maddox. At the time mm-hmm. in OVW, his name, they called him Beef. You know, he was kind of a smaller guy or whatever, but they were kind of pushing him pretty heavy. I guess that's before he got his little uh, uh, run in, in, in the E or whatever. But um, I did that program with him, and I went to the back, and I asked Ray, you know, hey, you know, where do we go from here? You know, I, I did what I did the business that you wanted me to do. And he was like, well, Cash, to be honest with you, I don't really have anything for you. So I shook his hand and – Waved by, and I didn't come back. I think until 2016. Now, in, in that so, time frame, um, from when you left, where where did you, where were you, where were you at? Um, you know, in the business, were you were you staying were you staying in the Louisville area doing doing other shows, or were you back with IWA? Were you doing other, like what, what kind of shows? Were you I running? did. I did not do any. Uh, I did a couple IWA Mid South shows. You know, but at that time, I I had grown really leery of, you know, the office at IWA Mid-South. I didn't really want to have anything to do with it. I did a couple benefit shows for for guys like Shane Mercer and, and, you know, a couple other guys for IWA Mid-South. But I think 2013 is when I cut ties totally with those guys. I was just – I was running around. I was going back and forth to Knoxville, Kingsport. You know, I was doing some of those shows down around uh, the Tennessee area. I was doing a couple shows over here in Louisville, um, you know, 
I was probably working about three or four times a month. I wasn't doing a whole lot, you know, until I came to OVW. Um, but I was staying busy, you know. Like I said, I had about three or four shows a month. I'd do a couple trips down to Tennessee. Every now and again, I would have to make a trip up, up to Indianapolis. I knew a couple little small feds up there that I that wanted me to work for them. So, you know, over the um... – you know, the culmination of this show in general, uh, something that I really uh, have you know, taken a liking to is seeing the business side of the business, the wrestling business, that is. Um, you know, we recently had on uh, Mr. Pectacular himself, who's, you know, a marketer extraordinaire. Um, but when you started wrestling, from there till the current day, was there a time when you said, Oh man, this could really, you know, this could you know, be a business aspect of it. Did you ever have that switch, you know, click on saying, Oh man, I can really, you know, market myself, whether it be shirts or gear or training or this or that said, Hey, this could really turn into something. <clears throat> that took me a while, RJ. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was taught a lot of the entering stuff. I was taught to put the boys over. I wasn't taught a whole lot about the business aspect of it. The business aspect of it came to me over the course of, you know, many years, you know, I'm talking 10, 12, 15 years. And it wasn't until probably 2013, 2014 till, you know, that light bulb finally went off and said, I'm done. If I don't start making some money wrestling, I'm done. So I really started pushing uh, you know, pushing merchandise, pushing uh, branding, figuring out better ways that I can brand myself. Uh, you know, and at that time, I'm not sure of the exact dates, but I think social media was starting to become a thing around that time. So, you know, I was I was trying to work with that, and you know, that was kind of, that was one of the things that was one of my regrets early on in my career is that I did not take full advantage of the uh the marketing aspect of it for myself you know it probably would have uh turned back a few years when it comes to you know where i uh consider being successful in wrestling as far as money and and exposure and things like that so you know if there's anything that i can impart to anybody listening you know that's that's a really important thing to understand and learn is that aspect of of wrestling because you know, wrestling might be 10, 15% in ring. It's, you know, 85, 90% what you do outside of the ring that makes you successful in wrestling. Yeah, no doubt, man. No, 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 no doubt at all about that. That's a, wow. That was a true statement right there. Very true. And uh, uh, one that people, especially these young and up and coming snappers should probably listen to. Uh, <laughs> But, but here's another thing. So throughout all these trials and tribulations that you've gone through, through all these things, um, and I don't want you to do- dive too, too deep, but, but like, do you feel like you went over that hill now? Do you feel like you've kind of satisfied yourself, your family? Do you think that you've done something that you thought you couldn't ever do? Or is it something that you still want to do and do more of? Like, in other words, are there still higher lofty goals for you or is it just things that you're kind of satisfied and happy with the way things worked out? Um, 
I do have things that I still want to do, Brian. Uh, there are things that I'm satisfied with, uh, you know, working for a national company, you know, providing for my family just by wrestling and nothing else. Those are goals that I had, but I do still, you know, as old as, as older as I am, you know, I still would like an opportunity at, at the biggest stages, you know, whether it happens or not, I don't know. Do I even think it would happen? Probably not. But those are still goals of mine. Uh, I want to go overseas. You know, I want to, you know, I want to wrestle in, in 20 different countries. You know, I haven't been able to do that as of yet. Yes, I still want to do that. Do I consider myself successful? Um, yes, I, I am successful. Um, you know, like I said, success is relative in professional wrestling. It's really all about how you look at it. And But I do have things that I still want to accomplish. And I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm getting pretty close to accomplishing those goals, Brian. Well, guess what, man? Uh, success is looked at very differently in different angles and very by different variables. Um, you know, there, 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 there's people that can look at me and say that I was a success. There's some people that say, no, I wasn't. You know what I mean? It just depends on what you personally, you as your family, the people that care about you, that the, the, the success is actually upon independently. You know what I mean? You know, absolutely. You, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I could have made $3 million in my career and spent two and a half million of them. Um, does that mean I'm not successful or successful? Uh, depends on how you look at it. Right. Cause what did I do with what I've got? You know, so it, it, it doesn't matter if, 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 $80,000 pays your bills, raises your kids, and, and you're just doing it on a full-time level, pays your, your you know, your mortgage. You know what I mean? There's, it's measured in so many different ways. You know what I mean? So many different ways and, and so many Absolutely. different ways. Absolutely, Brian. It is, it is completely relative to the person that's looking at it. Never, and, and I, I say this to everybody, never look to somebody else to gauge your own successes because guess what? Nobody is ever going to have to walk in your fucking shoes. Nobody. And if you gauge your success based on what somebody else thinks, then you're doing it all wrong and you need to rethink yourself. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. That's, that, that, that's um, right on. You've got to, it's one of those things where you've got to be your own measuring stick. You know, you've got to, you know, you've, it's like, you can set your, you can set a goal and say, okay, I've reached that goal. Look, look, okay. If I want to, you know, be more successful, then you make another goal when you reach that goal. You never look at somebody else's stuff because uh, yeah, you're right. It just, it just, you know, uh, it do one of two things. It can either make you look like um, you're, you're something more because you're looking at somebody else's less accomplishments or, or you've had great accomplishments and you're looking at somebody else's who's may in your mind have better ones. And you're like, ah, oh, but I've not been as good as them when you are just as successful. So yeah, measuring yourself is, is good with that for sure. It's good advice. Absolutely. And you know, on the same token, you have to be your own motivation as well. You know, it, you can't look to somebody else to help motivate you. You know, wrestling's full of distractions and all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, you have to be able to push yourself as well to to reach those goals. So it swings both ways as well. Hey, hey, Cash. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you doing this podcast in your fucking car? I am doing this podcast in my car. I'm outside the... I'm outside Davis Arena right now. My class was over about an hour ago, so I'm sitting here cutting these promos with you, Brian. 
Okay, well, can you do me one favor, Cash? I love you. You know that. I already put you over already at the, at the beginning. I'll do it at the end, too. But can you do me one favor? Can you leave that fucking window up or down? <laughs> sure. I'll leave, I'll leave it up. How's that sound? <laughs> hey, Cash, you're my guest. You do what the fuck you want. <laughs> Y'all heard him, RJ Daniel. You heard him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, hey, in my, it, I've experienced this before. If, if, if you got to let him do what he wants, or, or he'll chop the shit out of you. So you got to let, let him do what he wants. See, I'm telling you, know you hey, Brian, Daniel really wants to take a chop. That's, what, that's what's going on right here. He really wants to take one. All right. Well, here's the deal. I want I want to touch on this real quick, and then we are going to jump to our third count because I'm I'm amazed to get to the Netflix part. Okay. So, I've been chopped by the Big Show. All right. I, I I'm not asking you to compare yourself. I'm not asking that at all. I've been chopped by Kurt Angle. I've been chopped by a lot of people. Um, Eddie Guerrero, who had a nice one too. He he's chopped me too. I don't know why I've been chopped so many fucking times. By the way. Uh, <laughs> but but. But what I want to know is this, um, and I don't know, maybe I'll get into a head, but apparently Daniel has been shot by you, and um, I was told he no-sold it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, he probably he did no-sell it because he was a referee. All he did was roll around. Not hey, and he probably didn't tell you he covered up on it either, did he, Brian? Oh. Dude, I dude, I had no choice but to be bare-chested and wide the fuck open. And all these chops, by the way, happen overseas. So how much drinking you think going on over there while I'm sitting there taking oh. this shit? Oh, I can imagine. No, I can so, imagine. You're two cases in. So so the chops <laughs> that I've taken, I've uh, it's 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 the it's, I've accidentally got chopped. I don't think Cash was really trying to chop me. I just think it just happened. Uh at least, you know, I you know, I'm sure if he if I asked him to give me a chop or he wanted to give me a chop, he'll do it. But uh, but you know, I, they I went down. What are you talking about? I, I didn't know sell it. I went down to the ground. I was out for a little bit. And some chan- I think shenanigans happened behind my back. But whatever, I didn't see it. It didn't matter. Yeah, you sold it well, Daniel. I ain't gonna lie. Whoa, 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 whoa! Back, but Daniel, you took a fucking bump off of it. Hell yeah! All right, Cash. Here's the deal. When we meet, I'm opening up. And you're gonna give it to me, bud. Fuck it. Oh my gosh! Okay, Brian, if you had anything for you, my brother, <laughs> but, but, are you sure, Brian? <laughs> well, hold on. Can I at least be twelve deep before because it feels <laughs> less, and I'm much more have courage <laughs> because you can be twelve deep in a pint if you want, Brian. That is your choice, brother. I mean, it can't be that bad. If you've been chopped by the big show, I don't know what I can do to you. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm not 450 pounds, 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". I, I am not that. I am well, heavy-handed, though. I, I think he stopped my heart for a period of time, and I had a print on my chest that I had for a week. Hmm. It, it so <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll do you one better. better. <laughs> yeah, clearly I'm wrong, yeah. I'll do you one better, Brian, too. Any, all three of us, and this is on recording, so I got to back this up now. Any three of us come down to Kentucky or oh, wherever. Yeah. Well, I, whatever, you know what I mean. Just work with me, Daniel. Come on. All right, all right. Um, I will also get in there, and I don't drink cash, so 
I'll get in on the action. However, if anybody, we're not going to get leave this empty handed. We're going to have it's going to be, let's say, chops across America. OK, <laughs> I we'll, love it. we'll raise money right now for charity. To get me chopped by cash flow. I love it. and I love it. I'm always down for charity, RJ. I'm I'm about as charitable as it gets. Uh, I, I'm super down to do that. Chop across America. Mm. I love it. There you go. And, and, and this is something I was thinking about, too, when the, the wheels were turning. I'm like, you know what? Do some good. You know, there's so much negativity in the world sometimes. Spread some good cheer. Spread some good uh, fortune. Let's get this Chops Across America. We'll figure out a charity somewhere to get it get it to. But, uh yeah, I, I figured I, not to one up you too much, Brian, because, well, you're you're the you know, you're the face on the marquee. So. <laughs> Wait a minute. So if, if let me get this straight. What the fuck? All right. Hold on. Are, <laughs> he's, he's a case in. Come on. <laughs> RJ just claims that he doesn't drink and he probably fucking should be. So this is awesome. Yeah, um, I would have to agree with you, Brian. Okay, see, so I'm not the only one. All right, so we're going to make a day to this. Now, listen, Cash, I do want to meet you, but I don't want it to be, like, fearful. So. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really easy to get along with, Brian. You guys asked me for chops. I didn't say, hey, I'm chopping the shit out of you. You guys asked me. (laughs) Look, all right, all right, all right, so Cash, we we we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll work this off air, but we're gonna give me a working one. We're gonna give him a shoot one. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Not a problem. All right, look, here's what we're doing. We're having too much fun. Good God, here's what we're doing. We're gonna get up to the third count. We're gonna talk about the next big series. We're gonna talk about some fan questions. We're gonna talk about who the fuck knows. Good Lord, we're getting way off, and I love it. Hey, let's head it up to our third count. This is your three count. And we are back with our third count with our guest, former OVW champion, Mr. Cash Flow. Cash, we, last couple of weeks, we've had a, I guess you could call it a trilogy, if you will, mini series here on Reffing It Up with a lot of our uh, the great OVW talent. Uh, we'll culminating here with you this evening. But uh, the Netflix series of wrestlers, I'm sure it's something that you have been asked about so often. But something I want to know about this series is how is your wife taken to the newfound uh, popularity? Uh, the buzz, if you will, of one cash flow. Um, it's kind of been crazy because you know, my wife originally hates when I'm out or we're out, you know, doing life stuff, grocery shopping, uh, you know, taking the kids to the trampoline park or something like that. And she just hates it. It makes her so mad when somebody stops me and says, You're that guy. Or you're, you know, you're that guy, you're cash. I've seen you, you know, she hates it at low, but now she's easing into the role because now more than ever, people stop us and, and say hi to us and want to take pictures. And, you know, she's, she's hamming it up. It doesn't make her so mad. So it's actually helped acclimate her to, you know, kind of 
being in the light a little bit, you know. So, you know, I it's she's doing well. She's doing well with it. It's still, you know, I think, you know, she's a woman, so she's paranoid by nature. <laughs> you know, so some some of the other stuff, you know, it's still, par- you know, makes her paranoid, you know. Make sure you lock your car door. Make sure you put your club on. Did you lock the back door? You know, it's it's kind of, you know, put that stuff over the top a little bit. But, you know, I don't I don't blame her. Like I said, she's, you know, if I went to war, she would be on the front lines with me. So. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cash, did you just say that she said to put the club on? Where the fuck do you live? I live in Kentucky, but the type of car <laughs> I drive has been stolen more times in, in Louisville and in Kentucky than, than any other car. So I drive one of those that, uh, yeah, well, I have to put a club on my car. <laughs> now, 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 so let me understand this. So she was pretty pissed about you getting attention, but now that you're both getting it, she's totally fine with that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That is my wife, my beautiful. She is my CEO. She is CEO of the Chop Shop. She is the <laughs> CEO, and she's enjoying a little bit of that attention, Brian. And I'm I'm glad. I'm glad she's getting a little bit because we've been married. Uh, it'll be well, it was 19 years on October 2nd. Well, we've been together for 25 years. The majority of my wrestling career, she's been through the trenches with me, so she's been on the outside looking in and I'm actually glad that some of that has has come to her and they've seen her struggles as as well as mine you know it it kind of you know kind of brings things full circle a little bit for us in our relationship so you want to I'm going to give a little fun fact about Cashflow's wife Brian you I don't think you know this and you're going to it's going to shock you um ladies and gentlemen if you watch when you watch me on either Impact Wrestling or OVW when you've watched Brian Hebner his last couple years at Impact Wrestling, and you've seen us wear a special branded Impact Wrestling referee shirt, and you're like, wow, that's beautiful. Look at that shirt. Well, Cashflow's wife helped put that branding together on to- on that referee shirt for us to have at Impact Wrestling. She still does it today, as well as the OVW shirt. So anytime you see those branded shirts, Cash's wife is part of that. So she's a big, she's, she's, she's one of my favorite people. But <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she helps out the cause. She's all about, you know, helping the boys, you know, she helps me get my merch game together. You know, she helps the other guys, you know, if the other guys need a, a small run of shirts cause they're out of merch, you know, she's happy to do that. If Daniel gets a wild hair and splits his pants in the middle of refereeing <laughs> a, an impact heavyweight title match, my wife will be the one to help stitch it up for him because he needs them the following week. 100%. Hey, look, my wife, my wife is a jack of all trades and she's pretty good, pretty good master at most of them as well. Well, you know, I, I really think that, you know, your, 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 your passion that you feel about you and your wife is unbelievable and just uh God sent man. And people should hear this. They really should. And I, you know, and, this is what made me like so excited about you because you know you're on a miniseries, um, or, or 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 I don't know if it's a miniseries, uh, but you know what I'm saying. You know you're on a Netflix series, yeah. and 
you know, you're a professional wrestler and professional wrestlers are looked at as these mean, nasty motherfuckers and they're, they're tough and they're da-da-da-da. But you showed the softer side of the business, meaning your family, your wife. What what was this, like, what you wanted to do? Like, in other words, was this, a like, coach, like, show your love to the family? Or was this was something that just was, like, natural? Like, well, how did this come about? Because... This is where people fell in love with you with the, well, we had, um, uh, 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 help me out here, Spencer, fucking uh, Brian. Yeah, Brian Kennison. Yeah, and you, and you named him what? America's Sweetheart. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> but wouldn't that be cash flow, really? I mean, it, Yeah. I mean, he's he's another one. I mean, it it's it, it almost if you think about it. I mean, everyone in their and maybe except for Matt Jones, but everyone in the show had their America's sweetheart moment, you know. And Cash definitely had one too. Well, you know, Brian, to to answer your question, it wasn't anything deliberate, um, you know, that I wanted to show or. You know, because let's face it, those guys, when they recorded, they recorded a lot of stuff. They were around for a long time, and they were at my house. <laughs> they they did a lot of stuff with me. I had no idea what it was that they were going to put out into the world. But, you know, this is this is what they showed is is my life, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids how we get by day to day and, and what we do. And, you know, in this crazy ass professional wrestling business, you know, with all these different distractions and all, you know, everything else that goes on, uh, that's how we keep ourselves grounded is it's together. And it's, it's, it's talking through things and it's, it's living professional wrestling is truly a family business in my household. <laughs> it, it really is. And I'm glad that, you know, Greg Whiteley and the crew at BBC and, and all those guys, I'm so glad that they put that out there the way that they put that out there, because the way they put that out there, it, it couldn't be described. Even if I sit here and told you, it couldn't be described any better way than the way that they put that out there because that is legitimately my life and how my life has been the last 27 years. You know, there were some rockier parts in the beginning, you know, doing hardcore wrestling, but, you know, that is legitimately how, you know, how I've made my professional wrestling and, and life mixed together. And I'm so glad that they put it out there like that. So you, you, you fed right into a question that we had from uh, Brad Stanton. Okay, and uh, I, this is actually a good question, man. Um, so when you watch the series, The Wrestlers Back, is there one thing that you wish that they would have left out about you in that documentary? Um, is there one thing? Well, I wish I wish they hadn't ribbed me and showed the world my ass. <laughs> 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 but you know what? You know, for, for the moment and for what they were filming and to get the point across by making it shocking, you know, I see why they did it. Other than that, no. You know, I actually wish they could have put some more in there, you know, to bring some context to a few things. But, you know, it didn't happen. 
And, you know, the story that they told was brilliant regardless, you know. How old are you, Cash? Do I have to answer that, fucking Brian? <laughs> I would say you have a nice ass for an older guy. Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> he's Hey, he's, how many beers in are you now? I'm at number seven. There you go. Okay, that 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 that, that should that should be... yeah. That's why he said what he said. There you go. I mean, I'm just saying the guy didn't have a bad ass, like you know, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> oh Daniel, my you're, god! You're, you're in the locker room, Daniel. You shut your fucking hole. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I've seen more. <laughs> than, I've seen more than just his ass. <laughs> yeah, I showed the whole. I mean, we were on tour two years ago and. I Chris Candido'd every match I had so the whole world see my Frank and Beans. Everywhere we went, I was showing my ass doing the old Candido spot. I mean, there were times I'd get out of the ring and my trunks would be down to my knees and fans would be taking pictures of my 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 balls and all kinds of stuff. So I probably could have used I probably could have used your sponsor Manscape at the time, but you know I, I was a bad guy, so it didn't matter. Well, well, you can if do you that. do, well, you can do that. If you head over to manscaped.com and use a promo code REFIN, that's R-E-F-I-N, you get 20% off and free shipping. And I know for a fact there is some new stuff coming down the pipeline with Manscaped, so you might want to, you know, take a gander over there in the next couple of weeks. Good pickup, RJ, good pickup. See, hey, see, that's why, you know, Brian and I, you know, work, work off uh, each other so well. And you throw Daniel in there and then, well, hey, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, <laughs> to answer your question, Brian, to answer your question, I'm 47 years old. God damn, I'm older than you. Well, you know, you could probably hammer back more beers. Well, I can hammer more back beers than people that are older than me or younger than me. I'm just fucking that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know you can hammer more beers than Daniel. That's that's I I know when to cut it off. And Brian, I've learned. And Brian, I was Brian's like, why are you drinking? Brian will look at me and go, "What? You're done for the night? Yeah, man. I've already had like four <laughs> or five. Like, no, you're not done. And he hands me another one, and I'm like, I, I am. Ah. Uh, so yeah, he's already had ten. So yeah, at that point, um, yeah. Well, yeah, but then yeah, then, then I'm the guy in the corner with a freaking do or a Dr Pepper or a Sprite sucking on that thing. It's like, oh, okay. Well, hey, somebody's got to be that guy. Might as well. Hey yeah. boys, boys. Hey boys. K fame shit. <laughs> it, it, it's it's known anyways. Well, what the hell? We, Might as we well. All know, we all the one, the one person Brian cannot drink is Ric Flair. I know that for sure. Woo. Oof. Oh, Mr. Helicopter. <laughs> oh, he's floating around me a lot. <laughs> I can imagine. I've heard stories. Well, let me let me let me tell you one real quick, Cash. It, it won't take long. It won't take long. Cause I'm okay. Well, I was picked out of some reason. Maybe Rick asked for me. I don't know. But I was picked to uh, chauffeur him around. So I had to get the rental car, pick him up, take him to the <laughs> Well, yeah, I know you're already laughing. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> and, um, yeah, our first night, our first night, we're in Buffalo, and we're heading to Canada the next day. And all of a sudden, we get there late. We're both hammered. He closes the bar down. I'm drunk as fuck. Don't even know what the hell is going on. At 
1030 in the morning, my door's being beat on. Knock, 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 knock. I'm like, who the fuck? I get up and Ric Flair's at the fucking door. And I'm like, hey, hey, Rick, what's up? Hey, brother, I'll meet you down to the bar in 30 minutes. Let's go. And I'm like, are you fucking shit me right now? I'm, I'm still drunk. I'm still fucking <laughs> It, 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 he, the guy's amazing, dude. I only lasted about three weeks before I went to the office and I said, y'all got to get me off this fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can great. imagine. I can imagine. Uh, no, you can't, but that's cool. <laughs> oh, so, so before I have a hell of an imagination, on. Brian. Uh, <laughs> So, Cash, before I got on here, I was actually take I was watching uh, Daniel's uh, show, the uh, Ringside Podcast. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know that show, I definitely uh, highly suggest you go check them out. Um, but uh, the last couple days, uh, news came out that uh, OVW sold out their fourth in a row show on Thursday nights that you can find on Fight TV absolutely free so check them out every thursday at seven o'clock eastern um but the between selling out four shows your pay-per-view and another what another what the 21st i believe another 11 days over a week away is already sold out the shows after that are probably going to be selling out i'm sorry it's been it's been sold out for two weeks rj october 21st has been sold out for two weeks yeah the pay-per-view has been sold out for two weeks yeah so First and foremost, I absolutely love seeing that because I go back to the days of OVW with, you know, a lot of these, you know, that that magical class that they had going up to WWE way back when. But I love seeing it now because guys such as yourself and this the depth of the roster uh, that you guys have is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, And I said that to say this is. I'm thrilled that all of you guys are getting the proper recognition that you guys deserve yourself included, Al Snow included, Doug Basham, everybody in the office that has, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, but looking at it hindsight. Now the impact of Al Snow has had both professionally, personally on your career um, here at OVW and beyond. Um, how, how would you, what, what would you say to that as his impact? Look, I'll I'll say <clears throat> I'll say this exactly how I said it, you know, in that Netflix documentary. I personally, you know, from from my perspective, you know, Al Snow is a legend in professional wrestling. Okay, you know, some people I've caught a lot of flack for me saying that because you know. They, they compare Al Snow to Steve Austin. They compare Al Snow to The Undertaker and the amount of tickets he sold. Well, those guys don't have the same perspective that I have. I've watched Al Snow, and I hate to sound fucking cliched in this, RJ, but I've watched Al Snow literally turn shit, the drizzling shit through a screen shit, into absolute buffing shoe polish. I've seen Al Snow take guys that really, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired and turn them into a well-oiled machine that can actually draw. 
Okay. That leaves, that leaves something, that leaves something out there. You know, that leaves some stuff to be said about what Al Snow is capable of. And to look at him 40 plus years in the business to still come to the table with as much passion and heart and, and give a damn as somebody that's three or four years in, if somebody wants to sit and argue the fact that, that he is not a legend in professional wrestling, I'll argue with you all day. And I don't get mad often. And I may actually get mad while I'm arguing with the person. Um, you know, the impact that he's had on me, RJ, he's been the one, you know, all right, you get to a certain point in your wrestling career, if, if you're in it that long, to where, you know, nobody really wants to come to you and say, hey, you could have done this better, or hey, you can do this better, or, you know, how about you do this, or, you know, nobody wants to take the time when you get so far in your career. But you know what? Al Snow seen me for who I was, somebody that just wanted to succeed and be valuable. And he took a guy like me and he was able to turn me into somebody that may actually be able to draw money. And that's not, that's not the Netflix show withstanding, you know, that's here at OVW before any of this even came about, he actually gave me the opportunity to be who I was and to help me get to where he needed me to be. And that's somebody that's 25 plus years in professional wrestling, you know, and a lot of times guys get this far, you can't tell them shit, you know, they're set in their ways. And a lot of times they're so fucking jaded, they're damn near got one foot out the door, don't want to do it anymore anyway. You know, that's a testament of, of who Al Snow is. That's exactly. And that's why I said, in my eyes, Al Snow will, will be a legend. He is a legend in professional wrestling because he is still able to do that. Now, compare him to some of the other guys that have drawn million and billion dollar gates. Okay. Has any of those, are any of those other guys able to do that? I don't know because I don't know those other guys, but I do know Al Snow can do that. And Cash, I'll just tell you this. If you ever get into an argument, let me know because I won't just argue with it. I'll slap the fucking piss out of somebody. I love you, Brian. I, I love <laughs> you. I just met you and I love you. <laughs> I mean, Al Snow is the man. I mean, you know what, though? And to go back to what you touched on, I'll just say this. I mean, this is no dick. Listen, I'm friends with all the people you just named. Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who'd you else, who else should you say? Uh, those are the two that just popped in my mind because, you know, those are the ones that people throw out to me that tried to, you know, that, that kind of knocked when I had said that Al Snow was a legend in, in, in professional wrestling. And I just, those are just the two, you know, I don't know those guys, but those are just the two that they throw at me. You know, what about this guy or what about this guy? Okay. Well, my point being this, here's what I would say. Here's my argument. My argument is this. Is Stone Cold Steve Austin giving back to a federation that's known as OVW, a small little engine that could? Is he doing anything to give back to that, or is he making shows and making more money with himself? Yes, he is. And guess what? That's okay. What's The Undertaker doing? He's showing up at UFC events. He's doing whatever. He's doing podcasts with Joe Rogan. He's doing whatever. Guess what? Al Snow chose to stay 100% like he's been since day one when he jumped into business to stay in it help it make it help it grow and be that man that's what you can't take away 
Absolutely. And I will argue, I'm like you, Brian, I will argue that from, from here on out, from the time that I have left in professional wrestling, I, w- I will argue that just, you know, because for somebody that's been in it this long, that, that means, that means a whole lot. That means a whole, whole lot. You know, that's, you said it, you hit the nail on the head, Brian. He's a D'Lo Brown too in the business to me. D'Lo Brown's not an undertaker. You know, he's not a Stone Cold Steve Austin. The guy and his faction maybe have drawn some money, and I know Al Snow's drawn some money, but they haven't been to the pinnacle, pinnacle, pinnacle. But that doesn't make you a not a legend. I mean, right. they both get back to the business. You know what I mean? They both get back right. to the They help try to make professional wrestling better than it was previously. And they've come through some shit, every single one of them. D'Lo, Al, you know, some of the other guys that are that are still trying to help out, you know, guys like, you know, Gunn and, and those guys. Yeah, they've, they've been through the shit, you know, and they're still here, still fighting the good fight for professional wrestling. In my eyes, those guys will always be legends. Uh, we got a uh, question here from WWE Master 2018. He wants to know if you have any memories or funny stories from the uh, uh, King of the Death matches in 97, 2001, or 02 in uh, IWA. Oh, my God. Um, that, that's a long <laughs> time ago. You know how hard those are to remember? <laughs> um, <clears throat> the King of the Death matches. I remember one year, and I can't remember. I think it was a King of the Death match where I I got all hyped up because, you know, there was this feud going on. There was another federation. It was CZW, Combat Zone Wrestling, and mm-hmm. IWA. There was some kind of feud going on. Well, I was young and dumb, and I bought into all the hype, and they put me in the ring with a guy named Nick Mondo. Mm. And we beat the living shit shit out of each other i mean literally beat the living shit out of each other and i remember it i remember it really well because i've spoke with nick since then you know just in the last maybe year or so but you know i wasn't really you know i was maybe two or three years in i wasn't really hip to the game you know and i'm a very loyal person i'm sure you got figured that out but i'm a very loyal person so I wasn't about to let this outsider come in and outshine me. I don't care if it was death matches or, you know, anything. And I just, I just remember going all out. And I, I mean, I beat the shit out of this guy (laughs) and this guy, you know, we, we went back and forth. It was pretty rough. You know, um, I don't remember a whole lot of those other death matches. You know, I remember being kind of sour because as a young guy, you always want to be pushed. Okay, and I remember those damn death matches. For whatever reason, I could never, ever, ever get any kind of push out of the promoter at that time. I don't know what it was. Maybe I, you know, maybe I, maybe I was a dickhead in the locker room. I don't know. I just, I don't picture myself being that. But I just, I had a hard time, and it was always a sour point because I was always losing, you know, initial, you know, the like the initial rounds or whatever. Of course, I look back on it now, and I'm like. Good. I'm glad I could. I didn't get fucking. I didn't get the shit beat out of me three days in a row because those King of the Death matches were like, uh, I don't know, they were marathons back then. You'd have like two or three day shots, weekends. You know, you'd end up working six or seven death matches in like two or three days. You know, I I hated that shit. I'm kind of glad. You know, I guess 
that's the way it was meant to be. I was meant to get thrown out of them. You, you, you said it right. They're actually disgusting and stupid as shit. It means nothing to the fucking business. Uh, it, it's very niche wrestling, Brian. I, you know, I'm not taking anything away from guys that are making money doing it, but it is very niche wrestling, and I am very glad that I got out of it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm glad I got out to learn the art of professional wrestling. Um, so, so there's there's a um there's a question here um another fan question from John as a Pettig Pettigrew I guess is how you say his name yeah, uh, he wa- yep. he wants to know he has a two part question we'll ask this one first because this is kind of interesting uh what hey, would oh, be no don't do two part questions give him one question I mean that's it all right but this is the one I want to go with because I like this one what go. would be your Mount Rush- Mount Rushmore of past wrestlers or 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 current wrestlers who's your Mount Rushmore uh, I'm an old school guy. My Mount Rushmore would be uh, Wahoo McDaniel. Wow. Yeah. Bruiser Brody. Wow. Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. The American Dream, baby. Uh, <laughs> Ric Flair. And I'm going to go. I, can I have one more? Mount sure. Rushmore is usually four. Four, yeah, but you can get one more. <clears throat> um, well, I'm gonna have to go with uh, man. I, I really like I really like young Fritz von Eric. It's really a tie between young Fritz von Eric and uh, young Bobby Heenan when he was wrestling. Huh. Like it. That's right. yeah. Can't get nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus. you know. It is what it is. I grew up. That's what got me started in wrestling. The old Wahoo McDaniel, Manny Fernandez feuds. Yeah. So, so I, I want to close out with this. Okay. Um, it's actually a two part question. I can do a two part question. I mean, <laughs> so, what has this Netflix series meant to you, and what has it done for you, and how do you just feel overall about it? Give me the Overall, of what cash flow says and thinks about the whole deal. <clears throat> is, this, is this part one, Brian? This is part one. Okay. Um, I think this Netflix thing is it. It's very good for professional wrestling. Okay. Agree. It, it's it's something that hasn't been done. And the reason I say that, you've had these reality shows that have been done before, okay? But, you know, they're generally done by guys that are already, you know, uh, established. You know, you had you had the one, the one that was on Apple TV that didn't do real well about the Monster Factory, you know? A lot of people liked that one, okay? This one has a little more traction because of the stories that it was told. All right. It's it's really good for professional wrestling. It's good for the public to see <clears throat> what it takes and the passion that it takes for for guys to 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 dream, just to even dream to to make it to what they consider the biggest stage, you know, which would be WWE or, you know, AEW or any of the other bigger stages in professional wrestling. You know, it gives a glimpse of what we have to go through, you know, what we put our bodies through, you know, the type of people that it actually takes to do this crazy ass business that is professional wrestling. Uh, it 
you know, and it's a show that's not just for wrestling fans because there are a lot of under underlying tones in it. You know, there's there's betrayal. There's there's a lot of letdown. Okay, there's a lot of oh shit moments. You know, um, I, I think overall it's been extremely extremely positive to me and my family. Okay, but it's all relative. To me, you know, I don't know how anybody else that's been portrayed in wrestling, how they take it. But, you know, the way that I look at professional wrestling, it's a very positive thing. Okay. And I, I hope people take away from the show. Wrestling is not all about dark side of the ring or, you know, not all about the, the, the shit into the stick. You know, there are good things that come out of, the sport of professional wrestling, even though we all know what professional wrestling is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's put on, it's, it's a physical, you know, it's theater. We all know that, but it's not all, it's not all bullshit. You know, they're good, hard nosed, um, positive things that come out of wrestling. And I hope everybody, you know, understands that. And I hope that that's you know, that that comes across in, in, in Netflix, in wrestlers, like I think it does. I mean, I've watched it several times, so all I take away from it is positive, and that's what it, it's been. It's it's been nothing but positive to me and my family. That's an awesome answer, man, and I actually agree with that. And here's my second part of my question: Put your shit over, man. Put it over. <laughs> uh, I got a lot to put over. You ready for me to plug them, Brian? You plug the fuck out of what you want. All right, look, you can find, first and foremost, you can find me on on all the social medias, uh, threads, uh, X, Instagram, uh, Facebook. They're all at Cashflow Wrestler, okay? Um, You can find me on Cameo. I'm I'm under Cameo. If you want me to give you a shout-out, I'll be glad. Of course, you're going to have to pay for it, but (laughs) I'll (laughs) gladly give you a shout-out on Cameo. you can go to my website. If you're looking for some cool cash flow swag, you can go to my, my website, chopshopwrestling.com. It's got all my stuff on there, and, and it's updated constantly. Hey, I got my own YouTube channel. You want to find out how I started in wrestling? I got shit there from the mid-'90s on up. I got a bunch of legend matches where I'm working guys like Tracy Smothers, Jerry Lawler, um, Dutch Mantel, you know, I got, I got all kinds of CM Punk. I got all kinds of stuff on there. Um, also, if you have an Android phone, I have my own video game. It's called Cashflow's Chop Shop. It's on Android. I don't have it out on Apple yet, Apple iOS, but it's called Cashflow's, it's called Cashflow's Chop Shop. You can download it on the app store. It's pretty cool. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's cool. I it's swear cool I do, bro. Cool, Check it out. It's a cool game. It's a cool game. Yep. Well, if Jesus. you like retro games, it's like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, except you're trading chops. Well, I should have known I needed an extra fucking thirty minutes to get your shit put over. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got to put it out there. You know, I, I got this big, huge reffing it up platform. I might as well take advantage of it. Absolutely, brother. You keep going. I appreciate you, Brian. I appreciate you, man. Well, I mean, that's really, that's really, that's really all I got. You know, my social medias, my website, my YouTube, uh, my cameo, 
You know, it's that's that's really that's really all there is. I'm just I'm pushing and pushing and pushing. And they want to, if they want to book you, where what's the email address? Uh, if they want, if you want to book me, you can go to booking at chopshopwrestling.com. It's it's uh, it's my email. It's specifically designed just for booking, whether it's it's podcast appearances, virtual signings, uh, wrestling. You know, I'm not quite at the point where I, I do seminars, but that is, you know, something that I would be, uh, you know, interested in if, if if the price is right or whatever. But booking at chopshopwrestling.com. And, hey, I have boots, will travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Th- thank you so much, Cash, for being on the show. It's definitely a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, and we'll definitely be uh, checking you out every Thursday on Fight TV uh, for OVW and on pay-per-view as well, coming up on the 21st. So thanks, man. Absolutely, RJ. I appreciate it. Thank you for plugging the OVW stuff, too. I can go ahead and plug that out. Hey, on OVW, every Thursday on Fight TV starts at 7. You know, it's it, it's a good time. The crowds are getting rowdier and rowdier. And if you're in the area and you want to buy tickets, my suggestion is you would start getting them a little earlier because they are selling out pretty quick. And it's 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 a good feeling. It's a good feeling to to build. I tell you, it's a good feeling. Hey, Cash, I'm I'm so happy for not only you, but I'm happy for your your entire locker room, your staff, your cameramen, your all the the agents, all that stuff. Um, I, 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 I just can't thank you enough. And I really, really am so happy that you came on. Um, and, and you're, you're very, you, you are very inspirational and I, and I don't know if you know that or not, but you really are. And hearing us with that, at reffing it up, I, I swear to you, um, you've been a, just a, a, a wonderful guest and I, I could go on with ever for, I mean, like, like forever and ever with you because you, you bring so much passion to what you're doing and you're awesome, man. Hey, I much love Brian. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you giving me the rub and letting me come on here and and discuss stuff that I've been through and and talking with you guys and you know all the stuff that you bring to the table as well. You know, helping guys like me, you know, get their voice out there. You know, it's you know back when I started, there wasn't anything like that. You know, you could call a fucking hotline to try and cut a promo, but you couldn't really do much of anything else. You know, and, and for guys like you that have been there, done that, you know, to to have me on your show and, you know, kind of put my stuff out there. You know, I, I appreciate that, dude. I really do. Hey, it was my honor. And guess what? Just don't forget, chop the shit out of RJ when we see you and me and you will work it out. All for charity, <laughs> Brian. All for charity, baby. Yeah. Absolutely. Charity <laughs> wants to see RJ get chopped. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, you Thank just you. go over to social media for you. We'll we'll figure something out. You check, follow the show's uh, social medias, and uh, I'm sure we'll work, be able to work something out. Guys, that uh, that was probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done to date. Uh, all of them are great, but that was ex- extra special. Uh, Something that's been extra special too. I want to take time here too, just to thank you, Daniel, for being with us the last few weeks. Uh, really appreciate your time. Obviously, your time is very limited. But uh, we appreciate you um, uh, being on here with us and filling in for uh, yeah. Jimmy while he's been on uh, a little vacay. But uh, yeah, um, well, you, know, you know, Brian reached out to me at the beginning of August and said, "Hey, can you come on?" And he gave me the dates in September and said, 
it's going to be a couple of weeks. Come on, fill in for Jimmy. Jimmy's going on vacation. Would you like to do it? I said, absolutely. I would love to. I'd be honored. I don't know if I can fill in Jimmy's shoes, but for the sure, would love to do it. Um, you know, it was going to be three weeks. It turned into six. What a rib. Uh, uh <laughs> no, 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 no. It's been, it's been, it's been great guys. And I, uh, you've been working with my schedule because I'm doing my podcast and I actually started my live version. So it was kind of coinciding with this. So, but we've, we've made it work and, uh, and I appreciate that. So thanks for having me. And, uh, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a fun six weeks for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, by, by, by the way, Daniel, by the way, just yeah. so you know, real quick, so everybody knows, it's it, it turned into six weeks because of the popularity of your Netflix show where all your OVWs started big leaguing us. So, <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I get what you're, I know, I know why it turned into that. I just was, you know, had to say, what a rib. I was like, you know, <laughs> it, it was, Brian's like, yeah, come on for three weeks. Oh, uh, why don't you come on next week? Oh, why don't you do next week too? <laughs> hey, man. I, it's all good. Hey, look, look, listen. I had a great time, man, and I'm sure you'll be back on again. It was awesome. Yeah, Can't man. thank you enough. You were you're amazing, and uh, I, I, I ain't gonna lie though. I'm, I'm ready to get Jimmy back in the saddle as well, and yeah. uh, I'm sure I'm sure he's excited hearing, as I miss, well. I miss, I miss hearing Jimmy. I miss hearing. Uh, you know, you haven't done many reference reviews uh, just because with the timing and everything, we've had to move schedules around, and we haven't had time for them. So I'm, I'm I can't wait to hear those back again. And um, you know, I got to return the favor. I got to you know, or, or hopefully mm-hmm. you'll come back on my show again because it's been a while. So you've been on since so we got a live format and uh come on uh, on my show now so we got to work that out sometime so I, I i just i just don't know if i'm good enough live uh <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm i'm scary live it's great <laughs> that's what we want that's the best right there you know uh, <laughs> unfiltered uncensored you know that's yeah uh, that's called reference review though that's a thing um uh, <laughs> but uh you know just plug plug your stuff daniel yeah, so my podcast uh, at Ringside Podcast on all uh, audio platforms you can you listen to where you ever listen wherever you listen to this one you can listen to mine just search for it uh, if you want to follow us the video format it's at youtube.com slash at Ringside Podcast or on our Facebook uh, you can like that page at face, facebook.com slash Ringside Podcast Twitter Instagram all that stuff uh, even on Twitch at Ringside Podcast and individually you can follow me at Daniel Spencer on twitter and instagram and uh, cameo.com slash daniel spencer you can reach out for a cameo and oh pro wrestlingtees.com slash daniel spencer get your referee shirts there there you go that's all my stuff i think jesus fucking christ oh, almost man. as long as cash now cash is way longer than me and i tell you what <laughs> i tell you what i want i meant to say this earlier when he was on but uh, it's one of the best things ever and it, it was on the netflix series cash will literally stand there and somebody's looking at his stuff and he'll go yeah, you're gonna buy this shirt. You don't have this shirt yet, and he and it gets sewed like that. So cash is a, <laughs> chat. Cash is a worker, Brad, and I love it. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. I'll close it out with this, and then to, to whatever you want to say, RJ. Uh, I'm very simple at Baby Hebner on Instagram and Twitter, and that's all for me. Yeah. How about that? Uh, very simple to the point. That's the way I like it, dude. Uh, head Kiss, over. Uh, you Keep can it fo- simple, sweetie. There you go. Uh, <laughs> You can follow the show at Reffing Them Up, at Reffing It Up, excuse me, on Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, shout outs to uh, AJ McKay, absolutely phenomenal each and every week. Looking forward to have seeing him back on the ringside uh, show as well. And maybe, maybe you see him down the line here on Reffing Up, down the line here. Um, but uh, also want to give a shout out to uh, JD Hoop, 
he's keeps knocking it out of the park guys uh, ended up doing the gear for the street profits and Bobby Lashley and LA Knight uh, this past weekend at fast lane uh, kids blowing up him and DJ rod absolutely phenomenal doing great work there with their gear um, so their uh, information is here in the show link so check that or the show description so check that out um, next week like I said stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram feed we'll be announcing um, sometime this week or next week on who will be joining uh, Jimmy and Brian and myself next week uh, right here on Reffin' Up. So for Mr. Daniel Spencer and Brian Hebner, I am RJ. We'll see you here next week on Reffin' It Up. One, two, three.